but generally, um, it's a pretty painful process to come up with a with a logo that you're gonna love. DigitalMarketingRadio.com. The big interview with David Bain. What is brand identity development? How do you tell your brand story? And how does that all come together as part of a coherent marketing strategy? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's special guest, Alex Williams. Alex, welcome to DMR. Uh, Hello, David. Thank you for having me on. Well, welcome. Well, Alex likes to call himself the Swiss army knife of marketing and creative services. He offers services like logo and identity development, as well as marketing strategy And you can find them at thermoexposure.com. So, Alex, um, you enjoy wearing lots of different hats then. Uh, Yeah, I guess I have to. Um, I I started out as a web developer just kind of uh, in the early days, like around 1998. Uh, That makes me a grandfather in Internet years. (laughs) Before my time, <laughs> yeah. So after after uh, doing a little bit of web development, I really got uh, a hankering for getting into design. And once I was into design, I realized I needed to use my own photographs. And so I taught myself photography, and uh, that transitioned into video. And uh, so yes, I, I wear a lot of hats. I guess you'd say I might have a attention deficit disorder or something <laughs> because I have to jump from thing to thing. But uh, yeah, it keeps me happy. I've worn lots of different hats, but um, I try and wear just one hat at the same time. <laughs> um, because I remember back in, I, I mean, I, uh, I didn't start um, getting online in terms of um, running a business online until about 2000, but it's still quite a long time ago. And I was using Photoshop back then. And obviously, um, things have moved on so much, really. But um, um, so really, you focus on brand identity development at the moment. Um, yes, how, that's how, correct. How, how would you describe that? Well, the process of uh, I, I work with a lot of new companies, startups, uh, nanotechnology, and the kind of things that we have in the Pacific Northwest. Just lots of startups. So people come to me and they say, you know, I need a logo. And, well, what what do you do? Hmm. <laughs> and uh, so there are a lot of questions that go into the very first elements of creating a brand. I, I find it really useful to interview. Uh, my clients to find out what it is exactly that they do and how they're changing the world. And um, you really need to differentiate yourself from other people. And you need to think about all those things even before you begin to create a logo. And uh, I, I'd say that the logo is just the linchpin of a good brand. It, uh, it, it doesn't have to be anything too flashy. If you look at some of the most successful logos out there, they're all pretty simple. Um, and there are some rules for creating a good logo, you know, um, People recognize the shape first, uh, the content is second, color is third, those kinds of things. And um, uh, when people see a logo, they have a reaction to it. And so one of the things I try to find out is what kind of reaction do you want your customers to have? And um, and then from there, creating a good brand is all about communicating clearly the the message and the offering that a company has. So I imagine that um, you deal with a lot of companies that have a preconception beforehand of what their new logo should look like. And I'm sure also you've encountered situations where you don't think that um, whoever you're dealing with, their their, their preconception of what the logo should be um, is fitting for the brand. Um, how do you deal with that kind of situation and encourage them to actually um, go with something which is probably a little bit more fitting? Uh, yeah, well, um, 
actually, a lot of people have uh, have a little bit of an idea what they want their logo to look like, but they but I may have to talk them down <laughs> uh, because uh, uh, you know some sometimes I have to uh, plead the case for a simpler logo, and um, all, all of that has to do with uh, the the idea of branding, right? Mm. Um, it's much easier to brand an image in the mind if it's simpler. Um, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm often having to walk a thin line um, when it comes to to uh, convincing the client that that what they want is uh, not what they want, but <laughs> but that it would be in their best interest to uh, consider some alternatives. Um, and so, typically, what I'll do is. Um, in my case, you know, I, I don't want to overwhelm a client with too many decisions, so I'll give them two or three uh, to look at, and then we'll we'll talk about the typography and that that sort of thing. Um, but generally, um, it's a pretty painful process to come up with a with a logo that you're going to love, um, and that's going to stay with you for a really long time. Because ideally, you don't want to change your logo too often. Um, some of the strongest brands out there have, have really never even changed uh, those basic elements. And then, and then you get into things like uh, color and uh, what kind of color you want. Do you want something simple, muted brash or whatever? Um, one of my favorite brands of all time uh, and one that I continue to look at for inspiration is uh, actually John Deere, right. uh, the tractor company. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they've been around for more than 100 years and, and their brand has stayed fairly consistent throughout all that time. I understand that John Deere actually did the first ever piece of content marketing, really, by producing, I think it was Tractor Magazine, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, if you drive out in the Midwest of America, you, you know, you, you, you see that green tractor on the hill and you instantly know that that's a John Deere. And uh, that's the enduring power of their brand. Uh, is that people will recognize it everywhere, and uh, and they've done a really good job of maintaining that throughout an incredible history of uh, technological advancement and all of that. Mm. And um, what's the biggest no-nos when it comes to logo design? Um, so you've mentioned things like ty- typography and, and color and um, uh, simplicity there as well. Um, what what would be examples of things that um, are, are are big mistakes, no matter your type of business? <laughs> Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, there are some things I try to avoid when it comes to logos. Uh, too many colors, for example, uh, can be overwhelming and difficult to reproduce on different materials. Uh, you know, there's there's digital uh, presence for your logo, and you can do all kinds of things online, gradients and those sorts of things. Um, but when it comes to printing on a T-shirt or on a business card, um, those kinds of things can make uh, your life more complicated. So the simpler the logo, the better in terms of reproducibility and recognizability. Okay. And um, you've also said that logo is just the start of brand identity development. Um, so what's what would logo actually be the first stage or do you actually have to um, really get your brand strapline before you develop a logo? Well, um, yeah, I tend to interview my clients uh, about what the company is and we get a good sense for for what it is that they're trying to communicate and the logo is um, arguably one of the the first impressions that you'll be able to make on your clients so coming up with a logo that's uh, attractive and and um, appropriate for your audience is uh, it's worth considering um, so the logo does tend to be one of the first things that we develop but that it's developed in conjunction with what we call a mood board, 
which is uh, trying to convey the essence of the emotion, uh, the emotional reaction that you want people to have when they first eye your presence. Okay, and um, you also talk about a brand story as well. Is that what you um, evolve from this mood board? Um, exactly, yes. Um, so one of the things I, I, I try to try to do is distill the message uh, of, of the company, um, their mission. And uh, it's sometimes difficult to do because uh, cli- clients have uh, this enormous uh, understanding of their business. And uh, what I try to do is I, I, I take that information and I try to distill it so that it's, uh, it's something that we could communicate in a few seconds. Um, and that's not always easy to do. So along with your logo, you might consider creating a tagline or something that helps people understand what it is that you do. Um, and ideally you want that to be a little bit catchy, right? <laughs> mm, absolutely. And you, you mentioned John Deere is having a great logo. Um, what about brands that have great strap lines? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can, you can, uh, the first one that pops into my head, right. You know, as you ask that question is McDonald's, I'm loving it wow. or loving with an apostrophe. Um, <laughs> So, you know, when you come up with uh, something that's that's going to describe uh, the feel that people uh, that you want people to have when they when they enjoy your restaurant uh, or uh, use your product. Um, so uh, you're trying to capture a, an emotional reaction too with that tagline. OK, um, so I'm loving it. Um 90 odd percent of people will have heard that before um, but you also offer other marketing services and I'm sure that um, um, you're quite comfortable with um, search engine optimization and um, um, different keyword phrases being targeted for the home pages and other pages on, on someone's site um, so bearing that in mind is it important or should it be um, a consideration uh, to try and get a keyword phrase into a strap line or is that something that's utterly irrelevant and and not appropriate to think of? Well, I think it is appropriate to think of. Um, It depends on what it is that you're doing online, I suppose. Like if you're um, selling tennis shoes, uh, you might want to be known as uh, the premier place for tennis shoes online. Um, You know, that's a tagline. Um, but if you're doing business to business, um, I wouldn't be too concerned with that. Um, uh, the 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 keywording is going to come in uh, with the message of your content, and you know there's the old saying, "Content is king." Um, so all that SEO keywording and stuff that you're doing uh, is really secondary to what's on the page. Um, so when when crafting your story about your company, um, you want to try to incorporate the keywords that somebody might be searching for and make sure that those keywords are in the body of your copy as you, as you craft it and uh, you'll have uh, much better luck. Okay, um, so you can have a strap line that's not necessarily keyword targeted but um, if you're a good web designer then you can incorporate keyword phrases in the appropriate places, in heading tags, in the content anyway. So um, you needn't worry about it too much um, if it doesn't really represent the brand that you're trying to build. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, there are all kinds of uh, little tricks that we can do, like uh, inserting those keywords into the meta descriptions of your photographs, like where, you know, if you're designing your own website and it asks you for the alt mm. description, you know, put your, put your keywords in there. Um, and that way, when somebody Google searches for something, um, there'll be an image that pops up and they'll say, oh, that's what I'm looking for. And they'll click on that. 
Um, so that's good SEO right there. Absolutely. Think of multiple funnels of traffic into your website. It's not just about people finding you um, on the conventional Google search engine. Um, people do search Google Images. And um, Google Images also appear within conventional um, Google search results, universal search really now. And um, if your uh, image pops up there, then I guess um, people are quite likely to click on it. And um, it's, it's another path through to your website. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Hmm. So um, that's, you know, I mean, great brand identity development. um, But um, how does this all fit together uh, as a coherent marketing strategy? Um, What would you say is is the next step in terms of the thinking process? Uh, The next step is getting that message down. You know, you want to be able to tell people what you do in about 30 seconds or less, you know, and uh, the madmen would call it a, an elevator pitch. You mm. know, when you're standing in the elevator, somebody asks you, well, what do you do? Um, you know, you, you've got to be able to spit that out pretty quickly. And uh, when you practice that and you distill that message and you incorporate that um, messaging onto your website, uh, you're going to be communicating so much better with your audience. Um, I, it, it's there's a tendency with some clients to want to talk too much online and i know uh from experience and looking at google analytics and that kind of thing that people don't spend a lot of time on a page that's got a lot of copy on it um people tend to skim and if they're going to skim you might as well do the work for them and uh, distill that message yourself uh, make it as quick as possible you know less is more so people tend to skim not spend too much time on a, on a page. Um, so I guess that means that you need to have a very specific um, action um, that you want people to take um, when they're on the page. Um, what do you find as being the more effective uh, calls to action on web pages? Uh, well, it depends on, on uh, who your audience is and, and what you want them to do. You know, I have, I have clients who are business to business and some that are uh, direct to consumers. So that, that call to action may be just clicking and uh, buying something online. Or the call to action could be contact us or uh, reserve your appointment today, that sort of thing. Um, so what you want to do is uh, create a very simple experience for the for the end user. Um, most of the marketing that I do happens to be online, uh, so that means creating a website and having a web presence. And when people are after information, um, you want that to be as painless as possible. So uh, consider the user experience when you're creating your website and make things as simple as possible. And uh, if you've got something to say. Uh, say it as simply as possible because people don't have a lot of time. And so you want to be considerate to them. And that all uh, leads to a really positive experience for the con- for the consumer when they have a pleasant experience on your website that breeds consumer confidence. Okay, um, so brand identity is very important. What about, though, if a company hasn't had a great brand identity in the past? Perhaps they've actually had some kind of negative perception about what their brand represents. Um, in that kind of scenario, um, would you recommend changing the brand name completely? Um, or is it possible through reputation management to uh, potentially change the perception from negative to positive of, of that brand? 
That is an excellent question, and I ha- and I do have a couple of uh, good examples of that, and I won't be mentioning any company <laughs> names. Uh, but uh, one 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 of my clients had a very negative reputation online. Um, we were using some software to measure uh, what they called uh, um, the uh, actually I can't remember what it was called, but it was a term for the ah sentiment customer sentiment. Right. And uh, we were measuring online customer sentiment for this company, and it was down in the 60 percentile, like 60 percent positive. And uh, we we were determined that we were going to fix that. Uh, but what do you do to fix that? Um, is is it all is all of that negative feedback because the products are bad, or is it uh, something else? Is it a customer experience and customer relationship problem that's causing that? Um, so we were determined to fix that. And uh, so we hired a team of social media people. Well, we had one social media person, and then we trained uh, the tech support guys to check Twitter and respond on social media. And um, by doing this and and dedicating a certain amount of hours during the day to um, uh, scouring the Internet and looking for the mention of the company and responding to that, um, we were able to raise the customer sen- uh, sentiment to, I believe it was 97% positive feedback right. in six months. It took a lot of work um, and it took a lot of time, but uh, in the end, we weren't, you know, we weren't forced to change the company name. There was a lot of, there was a lot of value in that. You know, you don't want to lose that. And um, even if you've got a bad history, you can turn that stuff around. I mean, uh, I don't, I, I'm old enough to remember. Uh, Tylenol in the 80s, um, there was some issue with uh, Tylenol causing um, some problems. There was a, a, a recall on the on the um, bottles of Tylenol in the U.S., and a lot of people uh, really lost their trust in Tylenol. But uh, they stuck with it, and they kept they kept the brand name. They didn't change the name, um, but they persevered and uh, they vowed to change things. And so uh, that can actually help build. Uh, customer confidence and trust when you make a determined effort to correct the course. Okay, so you managed to correct um, this sentiment issue for this company by engaging with customers by the sound of it. Um, But what was actually causing the negative sentiment to begin with? Oh, that's a good question. I'm sorry I left that out. It it really was a customer support issue. People were having problems with their devices and, and rather than turn to the company to try to fix something or figure something out, uh, they would they would turn to social media. They would ask their friends. They would ask um, their communities, uh, what do I do? How do I fix this? Uh, why isn't it working? And um, what we found is a lot of people didn't know and they weren't getting their answers. Um, so when we had trained professionals who were there in the social media space to respond to those questions, oh boy, it made a huge difference. Great. Okay. Well, um, so in summary, um, keep your, um, your, your, your brand very simple, you know, just use a few colors um, get a very um, specific uh, strap line that um, uh, comes as a result of um, your brand story and make sure you engage with your customers to ensure that they're perceiving your brand positively as well. And uh, and overall, be honest, you know, don't try to sell yourself as something that you're not. Um, and, uh, y- y- you know, just uh, be as straightforward with your customers as possible in, in every capacity because uh, that's very important for building trust. 
Okay, so let's um, segue into the second section of this discussion, um, and that is um, focusing on your opinion on what's happening with digital marketing today. Starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Um, I wouldn't be in this business without the Adobe Creative Suite and mm. all of the software that comes with that. And I use pretty much all of it. <laughs> so uh, that's the big one. I can't, I can't uh, mention a, a software list uh, without mentioning that one. Um, there are a few others out there that uh, maybe you haven't heard of. And as a web coder, a um, guy who, who codes his websites from scratch, um, I use a software called Coda. Uh, which is a fantastic tool. Um, you know, Adobe a number of years ago acquired Dreamweaver, or they acquired yeah. Macromedia, who made Dreamweaver. And uh, at the time, that was the tool to be building websites in. And That's what a I started people, off with. <laughs> a lot of people st- still use it, but uh, in my opinion, it's gone way downhill. Are you listening, Adobe? <laughs> um, and uh, so I've I've switched to something that's a lot simpler to use and it's just a pure joy it's called coda if you're a web coder and you like coding by hand check this out it's really cool um there there are a few others can i go on yes absolutely no i'm just um, wondering because you're a hand coder does that mean that you don't touch wordpress Oh, I, I, I touch WordPress all over the place. <laughs> um, I actually develop my uh, my templates from scratch. I love WordPress. Uh, it's an amazing tool. I used to be a, a PHP coder, and mm-hmm. before that I was a Perl coder. Um, uh, so when WordPress came out, I was I was pretty dubious at first. Uh, but uh, eventually, I well, I adopted it back in the 2.0 days. And uh, I was really impressed by how much you could get done with very little effort. What year um, was that, what, um, 2.0? Because I, I started it in about 2007, but that was probably even after, after you. Yeah, that would have been about 2003, I think, four wow. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I've seen WordPress really evolve. I, I mean, it was it had been around for a while before I got a hold of it. So um, there was already a pretty active community in plugin development and that sort of thing. Um, but once I got in there and having a background in PHP, it was no problem at all for me to transition and start uh, building templates uh, for WordPress. And and uh, that's one of the, one of the reasons why clients keep coming back to me is because I I can still develop. Uh, something, you know, a, a unique theme or a, a, a look and feel for their site that doesn't look like it was uh, something that was pulled out of a can. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so I still code from from scratch and I love it. You know, it's a it's definitely, a, it takes a different kind of mentality to do that, but uh, I find it very relaxing. <laughs> so you mentioned a couple of other software programs that you'd want to recommend as well. Well, uh, my favorite FTP application is Transmit by Panic. Um, I've been using that one for years. It's fantastic. Um, And, you know, one of the things that uh, kind of annoys me about having so many clients is when people can't remember their passwords. And uh, they come to me to to ask for their password. And, you know, sometimes I don't even know it. I'm like, I have to send the the instructions on, like, well, click this link right here. You see the lost password link? Click that. Um, But, uh, you know, Know, really get yourself a good password manager. Uh, this this goes for everybody. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you don't have a password manager that syncs with your computer and your phone, 
you should definitely get one. It's a, it's a little application that you store all your information in there. You can put your, uh, your driver's license number, your credit card numbers, and all that kind of stuff. And then you password protect that application with a super-duper secret, unguessable password. And uh, you can take all your passwords with you, and you don't have to worry about losing them. Um, so please get yourself one of those uh, <laughs> software. Uh, I, I use something called Splash ID Safe. Um, just do one of those Google things on Splash ID, and uh, you'll come up with their website. Um, right. It's yeah, it's a good product. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> well, I use LastPass, and I'm not getting paid either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. Um, and uh, finally, as a designer, uh, I, I there's a little piece of software that I absolutely could not live without and uh, it's it's kind of a workhorse application that um, uh, it just runs in the background and it saves my butt so much during the day it's called X scope um, and it's a it's a arsenal of little widgets for design including your uh, loop your magnifying glass uh, screen rulers so you can make those edges nice and straight um, color pickers so if you're uh, trying to develop a color palette yeah, pick a color and it'll suggest uh, different colors that you can use. And so it's a wonderful design tool. If you're a designer and uh, you, you want something that's going to make your life a lot easier, check out Xscope. I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Uh, one of the things I'd, I'd have to say uh, is uh, trying... <laughs> Not to uh, sell something that you're well, not trying to um, present yourself as something that you're not. So if you're uh, marketing something and you know you want you want people to believe in your product, uh, just um, I would say uh, be honest with yourself, be honest with uh, what products that that you're marketing and uh, and uh, just uh, try to build that trust with your customers. I don't have any horror stories about mistrust or <laughs> anything mm. like that, um, but I think that that is one of the most important things is, of building a good brand is uh, is being open and honest and engaging with your customers and uh, accepting feedback and listening to your customers. Uh, they're the number one thing uh, that's making your business uh, successful and the more you please your customers, uh, the better your uh, success rate is going to be. I think back um, 10 years ago or so, the majority of people um, who ran websites um, ran them um, as um, a separate identity, nothing to do with themselves as an individual. Um, and it's it's probably only, only in the last four or five years that you've seen quite so many individuals quite as comfortable to put their own name, their face and and. and possibly even mobile telephone number um, of themselves on their website. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, um, you know, um, boy, uh, not, not just 10 years ago, um, everybody was doing a lot of agency work. And there's still a lot of agencies out there that are um, uh, doing a lot. But when I first started out, I was marketing myself as an agency. Um, <laughs> you know, the thermal exposure was we. Um, uh, but now a thermal exposure is me. Um, and, uh, and I'm, and I'm proud of it. It's been around for, um, wow, 15 years or so. And, um, and, and it's the relationship that I'm trying to, to make with, with people is, uh, you know, I think the relationship is really, really key. People want to feel trust, uh, in who they're doing business with. 
And if you present yourself as something that you're not, um, you're starting off on the wrong foot. Um, so I want people to know that it's just me out there and um, I've got their best interests at heart and I will do my best to communicate uh, honestly and I'll do the same for them uh, when they're communicating with their customers and, uh, and it builds a, a really strong bond. Uh, the relationships that I have with my clients are, uh, are wonderful relationships, quite friendly and I can be completely honest with them. Um, so if a customer or a client comes to me and they have an idea that they are in love with, but I think it's a bad idea, I don't have any problem telling them it's a bad idea and why it is that way. Um, uh, so, and they trust me. And, and that's what I love. And that's why I, I do what I do, because I get that kind of trust from people. Excellent. And you're obviously very passionate about it as well. Um, and it, that comes across. Um, and I'll tell you what we'll do in the magazine here. We'll embed that video of yours that explains a little bit more about what you do um, as a business. So um, do you want to just mention um, a couple of things regarding what that video includes? Uh, well, the video is is an attempt to showcase some of my video skills as well. Um, I, I got to say, video is one of the more uh, one of the most powerful mediums we have to communicate uh, these days. Uh, it's so prevalent. It's so easy. There's broadband. You don't have to worry about uh, dial-up modem connections anymore. You can get a lot across with video. And uh, if you're if you have a marketing budget, that you should definitely have a budget for a video because it doesn't cost a lot of money. And uh, people are, are so willing to sit through a video. Don't make it too long. You know, a minute is, is on the long side. Uh, something to... to Sorry, I'm laughing to, because I've got a video on YouTube that's one and a, one and a half hours long. <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, but, you know, if, if somebody, if you've got, a, uh, if you've got a, an audience that, that has already been selected, basically, you know, the opt-in audience, they want to... To, to sit for an hour and a half because they they know the content's going to be good then that that's great there's nothing wrong with that but as a um, as a pitch or a, a kind of an online webmercial kind of thing um, or or just kind of an in, information a background of your of your company you want people to to figure it out figure out what it is that you do and uh, in, in as simple a way as possible I, I love video because it is uh, basically taking advantage of uh, a passive interaction with your with your client, uh, whereas um, if you've got a bunch of copy on your website, a bunch of infographics and things like that, uh, you're asking your audience to participate and uh, read and understand those charts and really spend some time on your website. Um, everybody's pressed for time these days. So consider what you can do with a video and how, how effective that could be if you distill your message into a one-minute presentation uh, that people come to your website, yeah, I've got a minute, I, I can watch this, and, uh, and they come away with so much information. Right, okay, well, we'll embed um, your video on how to do video and <laughs> underneath this section of the magazine. Um, That's right. But let's move on to... The This or That Round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut's reaction. Ready to go? I'm ready. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Display. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one -on -one relations? Online press releases. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? 
Email contact form. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Social subscriber. Local marketing or global marketing? Local marketing. Moving straight on to the $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I'd spend it on video in a heartbeat. Um, you can get a lot done for $10,000, but, <laughs> but a video doesn't have to cost that much. But uh, as with any video, uh, the more money you put into it, the better it's going to be. And that can include you know, whether or not you're going to be paying for stock video or stock photography to include in your presentation, whether you're going to uh, hire actors, uh, hire a film crew to go out there. You can get a lot done on a little bit of money. Uh, but for ten grand, you could make the most amazing commercial ever for your business, and it would be so successful. You put that thing online, and you can watch the views, and you can watch people share it on Facebook and Google and all that stuff, and get excited about your company. And it has an enduring value; it's going to stay valuable for as long as you keep it up there, and your message doesn't change. Um, uh, the first time somebody comes to your website, that video may have been viewed a million times, but it's brand new to that one person and uh, it's going to do so much for your business. So what's the most important metric when measuring the success of a video? Um, I just say view count. You know, um, you don't necessarily have to have comments going on on your videos, but you, you do want to see how many people have, have watched it and uh, you can compare that statistic to how many sales you're making or how many visits to your website you're getting. Um, that's a good metric that uh, it, you know, it's, it's got so much value. And if you're not necessarily uh, concerned with uh, millions of visitors, uh, maybe you just want to have a really solid corporate presentation when you go in to make that pitch to your, uh, to your uh, potential business partners. A well-produced video uh, is so impressive and you can communicate so much information and you can create an emotional response that you can't get with a PowerPoint presentation. Um, so some of some of the videos that I work on start out as PowerPoint presentations. I, I absolutely hate PowerPoint. Um, it is uh, sometimes I'm asked to 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 build these decks, and uh, it's the most miserable job in the planet. Um, uh, mostly because PowerPoint is is really not very effective at communicating. You're better off. Walk, standing in front of your audience without anything behind you and communicating eye to eye and not reading bullet points off a PowerPoint presentation. You know your story, get out there and, and pitch it you know, from your heart and uh, not from a PowerPoint screen. But if you want to wow people, uh, put a video together and uh, show that you put some effort into it. Let them see the behind-the-scenes stuff of what you do. Let them see your product in action. Let them see people using it. Uh, let them see you building it. Um, it's gonna it's gonna create so much uh, 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 positive energy out of your campaign. Uh, you'll get tons of mileage out of it. My number one takeaway. Well, Alex, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation. But what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their businesses? Stay on message when you're communicating with your audience through social media or you're building a website, 
uh, it's very important that you communicate clearly and concisely to your audience. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. Thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Visit thermalexposure.com. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast, delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. And that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing Radio, Digital Marketing Radio.